0: What's up, everybody? You glad to be in church? (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) Man. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Well, thank you. All right, all right, all right. I embarrass easily, all right. Uh, So glad to be here and Uh, let me just take a moment as i always do look in the camera say to all of you joining us at our online location a big welcome to you to our hokesson location our church family there we love you newark help me show some love to all of our locations yeah yeah and uh if you're wondering uh what all the fuss is about and why i'm just especially glad to be in church today i've been out for a few weeks i've been recovering Uh, from surgery. I'm happy to report I'm doing well. Thank you for your prayers, and I love my church family. It is so good to be back. There is no place like home, and uh, I'm just very, very happy to be in the house today. We are kicking off a new series, so if you're joining us for the first time, you chose a great weekend to hang out here at The Journey. We're going to be discovering over the next few weeks how our family relationships... How our family relationships can get healthier, so that's what we're talking about, and uh, we're gonna dig in over the next couple of weeks to that, but right before we do, before we jump into the series, I wanna emphasize a couple of, th- of the things that are coming up in the life of our church because I'm very excited about this season. I just sense there's a lot of potential this time of year uh, for all of us spiritually. Can we make that stop? Would that be okay? Would that be all right? Can we make that stop? I don't know if I'm being hazed because it's my first weekend back but uh i am unflappable i've been doing this a long time i can outlast you just so you know anyway anyway all right so i want to share with you just a couple of things i know you heard about them already but they're so important coming up in the life of our church first of all j team night is this wednesday evening so if you are part of our family of people who serve here you're on the j team hundreds of you are this is a party in your honor make sure you rsvp it's all free we have some very cool stuff planned so be a part of that. And then our fall semester of J groups kicks off uh, in just a couple of weeks, small groups of people doing life together throughout the week. And if you've been a part of our church, if you've been in a group in the past, uh, whether once or many times, I would love for you to lead a group this semester. And this is how you can help me really serve our church family and, and help people find a place where they can get connected. This is how we connect here. So take the plunge it's 12 weeks you have very very little to lose lead a group and i think you'll find it does more for you even than the people that you create that space for and then i want to give you a sneak peek at something that's still a few weeks off but we're ramping up for it at the movies is coming back everybody so (laughs) fired up about this and i just finished writing uh the last of the four messages of that series our team will be putting that all together If you're new to our church, uh, this is a a series that we do where we look at big movies and we ask uh, the big questions. How do do the movies that we love speak into our questions about life and faith and God and and all of that? And then we also eat popcorn and drink soda in church, in person at least. If you're online, you're going to have to get your own popcorn and soda, although we might figure something out, who knows. But we're gonna come together for that series, so be thinking, praying now about who you're gonna invite and bring with you. It's gonna be a great, great series at all of our locations. I'm very excited about what God's gonna do this fall. And as we kick off this series, Home Improvement, I wonder right out of the gate, what do you think, what do you feel maybe when you hear the word family? We all have kind of different reactions to that word and that idea. Maybe you're a solo parent and you feel a little overwhelmed. Uh, although this time of year is kind of bittersweet, especially if you've got young kids, you know, there's the chaos of getting them back to school, but then there's the, they're at school. <laughs> you know, it's, so yeah, there's that. Some parents are like, woo, that's the most I've felt God all day. And I feel you, I get, I get it, but it can get even better. Um, so maybe that's where you are, maybe you're a student and you feel when you think family, you think, man, my, honestly, my family's a little weird or embarrassing how many students are embarrassed don't raise your hand <laughs> you're a little embarrassed by your family or some of us thing you know my family is a little bit messed up it just doesn't it doesn't feel like a healthy family for some of us today maybe we're single or single again we're divorced or or widowed perhaps and we're trying to figure out what does family look like now for me what does it look like in this season maybe you just found out you're pregnant Uh, Maybe you have kids, little kids, uh, teenage kids, grown kids, grandkids. Maybe you're trying to have kids and you're praying for kids. Maybe you come from a great family or maybe your big goal in life when it comes to family is to just not repeat what you grew up with. And you're thinking, man, I just experienced so much. It was dysfunctional and broken and painful. I just don't want to do that again. Well, this series, wherever you are, is about pursuing healthy relationships in our families, whatever they look like right now. And if you're new to the whole church thing, the next three weeks are gonna help you see a picture of how family and faith go together. And you might be surprised some of the ways that family and faith go together. And if you're already a follower of Jesus, you're gonna get a picture of how family and faith can go together better in your life. But first, Because we're talking about home improvement, we just gotta address the elephant in the room. I gotta confess this, some of you know this, but if you're newer here, you may not realize this, I am not handy. So, now, people mean different things when they say that. Some people mean, I can fix things, but I prefer not to. That is not what I mean. I mean, I can't fix things, and my family prefers that I not try. That's what I mean, okay? I am am not handy, and Whether or not you can relate when it comes to physical home improvement, here's what I know. Listen, wherever you are spiritually, whatever you think about God, the Bible, faith, any of that, a lot of us can relate when it comes to relationships. We just don't know how to build healthy relationships. And we don't know how to fix a relationship when it seems like it's broken. And can I be honest? Be honest, sometimes we come to church or we come to kind of an environment like this and we hear a lot about values family values, relationship values, which is so important. And we're going to talk a little bit about the most important value of all today. But how many of us know values are not enough? You need skills. Like I have the value of taking care of things around my house. I do not have the skills. And without the skills, the values never get fully realize there are a lot of people who are frustrated because they understand what they're supposed to believe about relationships, but have no idea how to have healthy ones. And we're going to talk about that during this series, because all of us have wondered at some point, and if you haven't, you will, why are relationships so hard? Why is my girlfriend so unpredictable or my husband so distant? Why is my brother so irresponsible? Why are my kids so hyper? Why is my mom so passive-aggressive? Come on, what is that with moms? Some moms out there. Ooh, it's quiet, it's quiet, it's quiet. And then biggest question of all, why do we, all of us, with such great intentions struggle so much when it comes to relationships, especially with our families? So we're going to start from a unique angle today, next weekend we will get very practical, but today I want to set the stage for the rest of the series with something that Jesus said. This from the New Testament of the Bible, the book of Mark. Here's what we read, that then, calling the crowd to join his disciples, he, Jesus, said this, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. I want you to notice that Jesus invites the crowd to join his disciples. So let's talk about that for a minute. Who qualifies as a disciple? When you hear that word, when you think of disciple, who do you think of? The disciples are the people who are all in, right? That's a disciple, like not perfect, but definitely fully engaged. The crowd is everybody else, the people who aren't all in. So let me ask you, which category would you put yourself in today? Would you say that you are a disciple of Jesus? Many of us would say, I'm not perfect, but I am all in with Jesus. Or would you say, you know, if I'm being honest, I'm like in the crowd. I think disciples are a little over the top. I'm kind of in the crowd, and a lot of us would put ourselves there. And then even those of us who feel like disciples probably feel a little like the crowd on some days. Am I right? Like I could be more in than I am. And the good news is that Jesus isn't just interested in the people who are all in. He is interested in all of us. He really is interested in us no matter where we land spiritually. Maybe you don't know what you believe yet. Maybe you're skeptical. Maybe you're carrying around some religious guilt or shame or church hurt or pride or whatever the case may be. But here's what Jesus says to you. If you're in the crowd, if you're not all in, if you're on the fringes, if you don't know if you buy it, Jesus says, I want to invite you to to be a part of this. And notice how he does it. He says, if you want to be my follower. He's not going to twist your arm. No pressure. Many of us, when we think about Jesus and church and faith, we think that Jesus is going, you be my follower. Or else. (laughs) Jesus says, No, I'm I'm just saying you're invited. And I think Jesus is confident enough in who he is that he knows you're gonna want to be his follower. He's good enough that you should want to be his follower. And so he says, if you want to be my follower, no pressure, but if you want that then there is, there's a must. In fact, there are three musts. So if you wanna be my follower, then you must do three things. So let's look at them in reverse order. Last, he says, follow me. That's actually last. Sometimes we go first with that, but Jesus says, no, that's actually last. And what it means is by the time this process has really started to work in your life, this process of faith, then you're gonna actually be following me. That's the end goal, that we would be on a real journey of faith, with Jesus, not just coming to church, not just saying we're a Christian, not just going through the motions, but in a way that affects how we think and how we act and how we speak and how we approach relationships. And the good news is, again, we can do this. Even if nobody else in your family has said yes to following Jesus, you can. And you can follow Jesus. And it's actually not complicated. Religion has made it complicated. Jesus makes it extraordinarily simple. It's not easy to do, but it's very simple to understand. Once you strip aside, strip away all the distractions and all the different ideas, we just follow Jesus. And I'll walk you through what that looks like, but first back up a step because before we can follow Jesus, he says, you must take up your cross. So what does that mean? Well, some of us go, oh, I know what that means. I get it, the cross. It's the symbol of Christianity. I've seen it. I've seen people wear one around their necks. I've seen people, you know, have one hanging in their homes. I've seen, the, you know, uh, different kind of marketing and a cross. I know that churches have crosses. But when Jesus said this, nobody knew what it meant. Nobody had ever seen anyone with a cross tattoo. Nobody had ever connected the dots that the cross was a symbol of faith, because Jesus hadn't died on a cross yet. So if you're like, man, you know, it's always seemed a little weird to me, you're in good company. In fact, if you think the cross is a little weird and shocking and strange, you're probably closer to the truth of it than people who wear one around their neck. Because Jesus might as well have said by the way, nothing wrong if you're like, it's okay, it's okay, as long as you understand that that's not just a nice shiny piece of jewelry. Jesus might as well have said, if you want to be my follower, you must strap yourself into the electric chair. That would be the equivalent in his time. You must drink the poison. You must hand someone an axe so they can cut off both of your arms. This would have been shocking to his audience. So again, if you're like, man, that is just so bizarre, you are closer to the real truth of what Jesus was saying than you realize, because what Jesus was saying was not that we should literally seek to physically die in order to follow him, but that we must take up a way of life that kills off our selfish desires and replaces them with God's desires, which brings us to the very first thing he says we must do, because if You're just looking at that, you're like, no way I'm doing that. And I feel you, there is no way you're doing that unless you do this, give up your own way. I think that's actually the hardest of the three. You say, I don't know, that whole electric chair thing, that sounds pretty hard. Yeah, but you ever been in a relationship and had to give up your own way? Some of us would rather die. (laughs) I'm not budging, man. And this statement, this first you must give up your own way, if we don't get that, we're not going to get it. anything else Jesus says. And interestingly enough, it just happens to be what any relationship requires to be healthy. Any relationship See, for any relationship to have a shot at succeeding at least one person in the relationship is going to have to make a decision to give up their own way. So Jesus says, start with me. If you'll give up your own way to follow me, then you'll have the power to do that in any relationship in your life, not in an enabling way, not out of shame or guilt. A lot of us give up our own way, but our motives are totally unhealthy. Jesus says, if you will genuinely submit your life to me as leader and Lord, then I will teach you how to lay down your own life and your own way in your relationships and they'll get better. Some of us are going, are you kidding? I came to church to hear that. Give up my own way. Go have another surgery, man. no thank you (laughs) but really some of us are like give up my own way that's all I ever do that's my problem I'm always giving up my own way I have kids I give up my own way I'm dating I give up my own way I'm married I give up my own way I have parents I give up my own way man I don't want a clean room they do It's just that I'm so much like Jesus, I clean it after procrastinating for nine weeks. I don't need to give up my own way, I've been doing that, that's my problem. I need you to show me how to get my own way. And maybe, maybe that is our problem. Maybe for some of us we're just giving up our way, our own way too much. Can I just tell you though, at X amount of years old, and having been in ministry for a long, long time, I've actually never met anyone who is giving up their own way too much. Now, I've met people who, on the surface, it seemed like they were, but let me ask you some questions. The moment we complain about giving up our own way, have we really given up our own way? When we count how often we're the one to give up our own way, have we really given up our own way? When we give up our own way to avoid conflict or abandonment or to enable someone else's bad behavior because we don't want to deal with the discomfort of confrontation, have we really given up our own way? Or is there something else driving our motives other than I've abandoned my life to Jesus, taken up my cross, I'm following him, and I'm giving up my own way. See, home improvement is hard. I'm talking about the relationship kind because home improvement starts with heart improvement. And it is really difficult to improve our hearts while we're demanding our own way. And so Jesus says, start with me. I wanna teach you how to have a healthy life. You've gotta understand this because so many of us think that what religion is is it's like some kind of cosmic get out of hell free card or it's like, it's this thing you just kind of tack onto your life. You've got, well, you know, I got a lot of other good things. Let me just put some faith on there. Or it's just like, it's a prayer you pray and then you go on with life. Jesus says, no, I wanna transform your life. I wanna get so front and center in your life that your relationships get better your decisions get better your the way you think begins to get lifted up to a new level and so he says start with me practice on me give up your own way to follow me because it's the only way you're ever going to figure out how to do it in any other relationship and you may not buy this yet and that's cool just like Jesus I'm not here to twist your arm but Jesus insists that a real relationship with God is actually the key to all other healthy relationships that only when we give up our own way to follow him do we learn what that looks like in our relationships. And we're gonna get practical next week. We're gonna talk about boundaries, how to have them, how to do that in a life-giving way. We're gonna talk about the how, not just the what. But for today, this is so key because why does giving up our own way to follow Jesus matter so much? Here's what he says. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. If you try to hang on to your life, You will lose it. Ever had a relationship like that where the harder you try, the worse it gets? Anybody else? Come on, anybody? (laughs) Hokesson, are you with me? Are you with me? You ever been there? You just wake up and you go, okay, today, man, I'm I'm just gonna be the best parent ever. Not gonna lose my cool. I don't care what my kid does. Unflappable. I'm just... I'm going to be the best spouse today. I'm not getting sucked into that circular argument, that silly thing we always do. I'm not doing that today. I'm going to be the, the best kid today that my parents ever had. You are saying that, right? You are. <laughs> and then the harder we try, the worse it gets. By the end of the day, we're like, I don't It's It's them. Come on, with the people we date, with the people we're married to, the people we're friends with, the people we're the parents of or the kids of, we've seen this. And for some of us, we go, yeah, I don't understand that. I gave up my own way and it didn't work. But the truth is, many times we weren't really giving up our own way. We were actually trying to hang on to the relationship to get what we wanted out of it. We were trying to control the outcome. So Jesus says, it's no surprise that it got worse because if you try to hang on to anything that matters, You will lose it. I will lose it. See, our relationships only work when we hold them with a loose grip and we're more committed to the person we're in the relationship with than we are to getting what we want out of the relationship. That's the only way they work. If you hang on, you will lose it. I will lose it. This is what Jesus says to us. In our relationships, Don't work when we try to control them, when we pretend we're giving up our own way, but we're still secretly trying to pull the strings. And so again, Jesus says, I want you to start with me. This is what Jesus wants to do in your life. He wants to correct the first and most important relationship, which is your relationship with the God who created you and loves you. And then from out of that, all of your relationships can get healthier. And it's a process. It doesn't happen overnight, but the results of giving up your own way to follow Jesus will begin to show up in those relationships. So have you done that? Have you given up your own way to follow Jesus? Have you done that today? And if the answer is an honest no, could that have a lot to do with the quality or lack thereof of some of your other relationships? Jesus says, if you try to hang on to your life, you're gonna lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you'll actually save it. You'll be able to keep it. In other words, getting what we want from life starts with giving up our life. Letting go. For me to be very practical when it comes to stuff around the house, that has meant giving up the illusion that I am handy. <laughs> I just had to, had to give up that illusion now. I used to feel a lot of pressure Honestly, I did. I've actually dealt with shame around this because I thought, man, what is wrong with me? Why am I not better at home improvement stuff? I should be good at this. I want to be a man in my house. Where is the circular saw? I want to saw some circles. Like, I want to. Where's the hammer? And the other tools that I know all the names of, just so you're wondering, I'm going to be all boastful up here. (laughs) But you know what would happen? I would feel so frustrated. Someone would break, and I'd be like, okay, i got to fix this. i got to fix this. And I would go into it with the wrong mindset, hanging on. And I would get so mad. Why isn't this working? I would talk to the stuff I was trying to fix. Like an inanimate object is going to respond. I mean, I would probably pass out if it did, but I'm like talking to it. What's wrong with you? Why aren't you? I would Christian cuss. And you know what? Real church for real people. A couple of times, I non-Christian cuss. I just, I'm just telling you, I did. I'm not saying it's good. I was in the crowd that day. I was not a disciple. I was like, let me get over here in the crowd and tell you what I think of this refrigerator that's not working. So I gave up. Freedom, I gave up. I'm happy to tell you, I gave up. But not in the way you think. I didn't give up by throwing up my hands and quitting. Some we, of us, we've, in fact, up until this point in the message, we're like, yep, this is it. I'm just gonna let go. <laughs> Woohoo! you do you, boo, I don't care anymore. Like, I was going, no. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't quit. Anyone can quit. I decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to slow down. I'm going to let go of my pride. And I'm going to learn some stuff, even if it takes time. You know, I was so arrogant and so, like, proud and ashamed. Like, I need to be able to do this. I wouldn't read instructions. I never wanted to watch a video about how to do it. Now I'm like, okay, let me, I'm going to trust somebody who knows more than me to show me how to do this some of us are trying to have healthy relationships without reading the instructions and trusting the one who created them to show us how to do it. And so I slowed down and I started learning because anybody can quit. Letting go means we lean in, but we release control of the outcome. That's how God calls us to do life. And can I just tell you this, just this summer, I repaired a fence gate Oh, you didn't hear me. (laughs) I got a bird's nest out of a dryer vent. I'm not making this up. And I replaced the fuse in our string lights in our backyard. Listen, listen. I love being your pastor, but I would not be surprised if construction companies start calling me. (laughs) Headhunters going, is Johnston available? We got a big job. He's the only one who can do it. And you know what I'm going to do first day. I'm going to get on YouTube and be like, How do you hammer something? I gave up. And now I actually enjoy it. And I feel a sense of accomplishment. Jesus says, start by giving up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news. What does that mean? It means we start by focusing our lives on Jesus, let go of our pride and our shame and our embarrassment and our arrogance and our, well, I should know better. And we just give up our lives. We come to Jesus and we admit, I need you. And then we focus our lives on us following Jesus and others finding Jesus. For my sake, Jesus says, and the sake of the good news. I want your whole life to be about following me and the way you follow me should lead others to find me. And then we grow from there. It's a process. It's a journey. It doesn't all happen overnight, just like our relationships. Because what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul over a fence gate? (laughs) What do you benefit if you just keep being arrogant about your relationship with God and your relationship, your marriage, and your relationship with your parents, and you keep saying, well, I'm right, and I should be able to figure this out, but you lose your own soul. Is anything worth more than your soul? That's why we got to start with Jesus, because what if you win the argument but lose your character? Some of us have done that. We won, but we lost. What if you keep the peace but lose intimacy with your spouse that would have come from being honest enough to address what's really going on in the relationship? Like, this is a big deal. What if you earn the overtime but lose your kids' respect? What if you get the sex but lose your self-worth or cause someone else to lose theirs? See, this isn't about rules. Some of us, we think, oh, following Jesus means you obey the rules. No, it means you choose between one of two ways to live. You choose a way that leads to life or a way that leads to death. You choose a way that sees it See, the following Jesus is difficult at first and so much easier later. Not following Jesus is easy at first and so much more difficult later. And so we start with Jesus and how we follow Jesus shows up in our relationships because home improvement starts with heart improvement. All right, so for all of us who are followers of Jesus, all of us who are disciples, again, we're not perfect, but we're we're all in. This is such an important reminder. As we start the series, again, we're gonna get practical next week, but such an important reminder that following Jesus, continuing to follow Jesus, means continuing to give up our own way, continuing to take up our cross, and actually follow him, including when it comes to our relationships, to our families. I don't know about you, but I think I had this little thing that, that giving up my own way was when I first came to Jesus. I've learned that giving up my own way is a day-by-day decision. I made the decision once, but then I have to keep reinforcing it, sometimes moment by moment. And maybe for you, your next step toward home improvement, which is really heart improvement, is to make a decision that over these next three weeks, you got one week down, we have two more weeks in the series, you're gonna come back. You're gonna come back next weekend with an open heart. You're gonna say, okay, Jesus, I've got some relationships that I know could be better and I know I can't control the outcome. Can't control the other person, but I'm opening my life up to you. And that's your next step. Maybe it's to invite someone to join you because when you find Jesus, the rest of your life is about following him in a way that leads to other people finding him. So maybe it's investing in a relationship outside of church with someone who doesn't know Jesus yet and inviting them to join you. Make space in your life for someone else to find what you found. Maybe for some of us, for you today, it's leading a J group. And it's helping people find spiritual family. We'll talk about that at the end of the series. Some of you are like, my family, my natural family is too far gone and you can't recover. Some people have passed away. Some things, you can't, you can't go back and redo it. You have a new spiritual family
1: going to talk about that. So maybe for you,
0: it's leading a group so people can get connected and find the strength they need with people going the same direction spiritually. Take the step, make the move. Maybe for you, it's making a decision to practice what we call a slot and spot here, a time on your schedule every day and a place you go to connect with God. I do this every day of my life. For me, it's first thing in the morning, read the Bible, pray, connect with God, give up my own way say, so why do you do that? Is it because you're a pastor? No, it's because I'm a disciple. I'm a follower of Jesus. And I'm not perfect, but I wanna keep growing. And maybe that's your next step today. Whatever it is, if you would say during this series, during this season, I'm opening up my life to Jesus, opening my heart for some improvement. Would you just shoot your hand up all over the room? Just hold it up high. Here in Newark, and hold that hand up high. If you're watching online right now, right where you are, lift that hand toward heaven. Now, many of you know, if you've been here for a while, that this is the moment when I usually pray for all of us who just responded in that way. All of us who are followers of Jesus, that God would strengthen our faith. But I'm gonna do something a little bit different today. So I wanna speak to all of you who don't yet have a real relationship with God. You're in one of our physical rooms, you're watching online and you're in the crowd. Jesus is inviting you to join his disciples, not to join a religion, not even to join a church. That's not the next thing, to join his disciples, to do life with him. And the thing that is probably standing in your way is that you have a wrong picture of God. So I have a a mentor named John Maxwell who shared this several months ago. It has made a deep impression on He said that many of us don't come to a relationship with God because we have this wrong picture. What does that mean? Some of us, when we think of God, we think of a wall, a big, imposing wall. And we think God's on the inside and I'm on the outside. We believe there's a God. We're not atheists. We believe there's a God, but we just feel like I could never have a real relationship with God because there's a wall. He's God. I don't get him. He doesn't get me. Could just never get to him to know him. It's a wrong picture. Some of us, when we think about God, we think of a ladder. A ladder that reaches to heaven or to being a good person. And we think, okay, I'm gonna earn my way. And so we try harder. Some of us are drivers, we're type A. We're like, I'm just gonna work harder, I'm just gonna forgive more. I'm just gonna be more generous. I'm gonna be more generous. I'm just, I'm going to be a good person. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. I'm going to, like, I'm just going to, I'm going to do more. I can get there. I can get there. And it's a wrong picture. And then finally, some of us, when we think of God, we picture a garbage dump. It's not that we think God is a garbage dump, but we think of all of our past mistakes, the wrong decisions we've made, the opportunities we've missed, the people we've hurt. And we think the stink of that is just piled up and is keeping us from God would never want me because my life is so imperfect it's a wrong picture there is another picture
1: and it's the picture
0: of a door it's actually one of the last things Jesus says in the New Testament of the Bible I stand at the door and knock just open the door give up your own way because it's not working take up your cross which means i am fully embracing who jesus is and follow me to open the door you say what about the wall well there was a wall and he smashed it down You say, but what about the ladder? Well, there was a ladder, but he knew you and I could never climb it, so he climbed it, so he came down what we could never get up. You say, but what about the garbage dump? My sin, my past mistakes. Yeah, there's a garbage dump. And he waited through it to get to your door because that's how much you mean to him, and he knows your past doesn't have to define your future. So he is standing at the door and all you have to do, open the door, give up your own way. Say, Jesus, come into my life. I believe in you. I'm going to follow you. And if you want to do that today, this can be your moments. So I'm going to lead us in prayer. I want everyone to join me, every location, everyone. If you're a follower of Jesus, I want you to just pray quietly right where you are right now that God would move on the hearts of people who need a real relationship with God. And then if that's you today, I don't care what you came expecting. I don't care what you brought with you. I don't care what you think disqualifies you. If you just wanna know God, pray something like this. Whisper it out right where you are. Jesus, today I believe in you. I'm opening the door. I give up my own way. I respond to your invitation. I wanna join your disciples. I wanna know you. Forgive my sin, transform my heart. And from this day forward, I belong to you. And if that's you, while everyone around you stays focused on God, if you would say, I wanna be included in that prayer, I'm putting my faith in Jesus today. Will you lift your hand? Boldly, all over the room here in Newark and and hold it up high. Online, you can type the word faith in the comments. Let us know you're taking this step. You'll have an opportunity in a moment to just fill in a connect card in person or digitally to share that with us. But for right now, everybody, would you help me? Come on, let's celebrate Jesus drawing people to Him.